0: Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you together this morning. We pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would draw us into close relationship with you, Lord God, and that you would help us to let go of the cares and concerns, Lord, which distract us from you. And may we focus upon you with singleness of heart and mind. We pray, Lord God, that your word would reach deep inside of us, Lord, and draw us to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. Morning. It's so good to see you all today. Well, Juliet famously says in Romeo and Juliet, What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Is that true? Yes. And what is Juliet wrestling with right there? That's right, so she is a Capulet, he is a Montague, the Montagues and Capulets get along as well as cats and dogs, right? And so their families have been fighting for generations, and now they're star-crossed lovers, Um, and so she's like, what's a name, right? Perfect teen question, right? Because uh, the rest of her family, did they think the name mattered? And Romeo's family, they think the name mattered? And did Romeo and Juliet find out how much the name mattered? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they sure did, right? Names are pretty important, right? They, are, they run deep in us, right? It is true that a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, but names are important. They tell us something. So I've got some names here for you. Samson, right? Strong, a name of power. Bob, right? that's an important name it's good and round palindrome we like those right backwards and forward same thing Homer right highbrow you can do literature lowbrow Simpsons right I mean <laughs> it's important stuff right and then I've got my favorite one you all know this one Tiglath-Pileser III right 8th century king of Assyria you guys know him right Right, these are all important names, right? Very important and valuable names. But how much do these speak to you? Well, unless your name's Bob or Samson or what, Homer or Tiglath Pileser, most of the names are kind of just distant, right? But if I were to say your name, something about your name and my name, our names, lead trigger something different in us, don't they? Right? According to scientific tests, and I love to say that, it makes me sound so official, right? According to science, um, people hearing their own names respond differently than to hearing other names. And most of the time, they really like to hear their own name. But I can tell you this isn't always the case. Right? I was in the army, and in the army you almost never want to hear your own name. (laughs) right because your name means one of two things either pain or extra duty right and so whenever you hear your name you're like oh gosh you try and just melt into the floor right yeah you never volunteer you never want them to know your name you just want to go in and out you done but most of the time especially when we hear our name from people we love we like to hear it it triggers something in us we respond to it in a different way um There's nothing we can do to control it. It just happens to us. Because names, they are powerful things. In our gospel passage for today, we have the account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In this account, Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb of Jesus and finds that Jesus is not there. She runs to tell Simon Peter and another disciple, who we presume to be John and who we'll call John from now on, So she tells Simon, Peter, and John that Jesus is gone. She thinks that he has been taken, that someone has come and taken his body and moved it somewhere else. And so the disciples have a foot race to the tomb, which is exciting, don't you think? Right, especially because we get the record of who's faster than the other one. (laughs) Those are the kind of authentic details I love about this scripture. It just shows us how it speaks to us. And so... um, they get there the disciples get there they go in the tomb they look and they see the wrappings of jesus but jesus is not to be seen (laughs) then john says that when he saw the empty wrappings he believed for john that's all he needed to see was no jesus and the wrappings he had been laid in there in the tomb and he was convinced that the resurrection had taken place all the dots connected for him He knew that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. All Jesus' prophecies about the resurrection flooded back over him, and they all made sense to John. And so he and Peter go home, right? They're like, okay, that's good. Let's go home, right? Because Jesus isn't here anymore. But Mary, she's still there at the tomb, weeping. She's unable to make the jump to this understanding that Jesus is alive. In her mind, Jesus is gone; he has been taken, and she is confused and alone. And so, what does God do for her? He sends her two angels. Does God want her to stay like that? No, no not at all. And so, there's these two angels now sitting where the body of Jesus had been—one at his head and one at his feet—and they ask her why she is weeping. To which she replies. They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. She's still under the impression that Jesus' body has just been kidnapped. And to be fair, it would be a difficult concept to get beyond, don't you think? I mean, because how often had this resurrection thing happened before Jesus? Never. Right, zero, exactly. Never. We've seen people raised from the dead, but no one ever resurrected into new life, right? Right? No one ever had done it. And so we can give her a little grace that she's stuck on this point, because it's hard to be an early adopter, don't you think? (laughs) Then as she's saying this, as she's saying, I don't know where they put my Lord, she turns away from the angels and finds Jesus there before her. But she doesn't recognize him. She thinks he's a gardener. And he asks her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And I don't know, something about when I read it this last week uh, brought to mind, Avita's Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. I don't know about you guys. Don't let me ruin this verse for you if it didn't, right? (laughs) But he asks her, why are you crying and who are you looking for? He asks her why she's crying because the reality is, is that what has taken place is a wonderful event. I mean, Jesus has just crushed death forever. Is that good news? Yeah, that merits a party, a big party. And he asks her whom she is looking for because the person she seeks is standing right in front of her and asking her these questions. (coughs) But Mary is still stuck. She's still stuck. Even though Jesus is standing right in front of her, she's still stuck on the fact that he must have been taken somewhere else. And so Jesus speaks the one thing to her that he knows she will hear. He speaks her name, Mary. Immediately, according to researchers, the left hemisphere in her frontal, temporal, and occipital cortex was triggered, right, by the hearing of her name. That's where they say it takes place. If that helps you, great. If it doesn't, just move right along. And she immediately recognizes Jesus. Perhaps it's his voice or the way he says her name or memories of all the times that she has heard him say it. Or perhaps in hearing him say her name, for the first time, she's able to really look and see what's going on around her. Instead of being isolated in her grief, she's able to look out at the world around her. In the hearing of her name, Mary is brought to focus, and the center of her focus is Jesus. And so she clings to him. She wraps her arms around him. No longer is she worried about the loss of the body of Jesus. No longer is she overcome by sadness. Instead, she is with her friend and savior, Jesus. In Easter we have a tendency to get wrapped up in the frenzy that surrounds this day, awash in a chocolate-induced madness, and we can forget that this is a day that we remember what was done by our Savior. And he is not a distant God, far off and aloof. No, our Savior is the one who spoke to Mary by name. This Easter, he calls to us by name as well. We might be confused about the resurrection or have questions about if God is present in our lives or we might have gone through some great tragedy this last year which has made it seem like God is farther from us than we thought. But make no mistake, he wants to reveal himself to us today. Do you hear him calling? He knows your name and he wants you to know him and the hope of his grace which frees us from sin judgment and death so that we can truly love him and love others this easter may we listen to jesus speak our name may our eyes be open to his presence before us and may we respond to him with faith let's pray lord god thank you for caring enough about us to know our names. Lord, you knew us before we were knit together in our mother's womb, and we thank you that you have stepped into our world, taken our death upon yourself so that you can offer us your life in exchange. Help us on this day of the resurrection to put our hope in you. If we've never trusted in you before, O Lord, give us the faith to believe the ability to confess our brokenness and to receive your healing and grace. Lord, if we've been walking with you for some time, renew our faith in you. Remind us of the hope that is ours in you, that your love and the power of your gospel would be revealed to us afresh, Lord God. And help us to share that good news in this world, that others might know you, love you, and be set free by you as well. Thank you, Lord, for the grace you have given us this day. Fill us with the hope of your resurrection, and may your joy flow out of us this day as we leave this place. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.